So our message for today is guardian of truth. We're coming from Colossians <laughs> 1, 8, which is our foundation scripture. And our supporting scripture is 1 Timothy 6, 12. And again, our topic or our title is guardian of the truth. And the purpose of this teaching is to provide you an opportunity for you to know the pure gospel. Amen. The purpose of this teaching is to provide you an opportunity to hear, perceive, understand, to grasp the pure gospel. The purpose is to lay the true foundation, to correct any erroneous preaching or teaching of the word and attempt to lead you away from the Messiah, Amen. the truth. The purpose of this teaching is in case any of you were taught erroneously the word of God that a true foundation is laid now in your life. Amen. So you can build upon that. We want to eradicate any perverted word that has been preached or taught. We want to remove any tradition of man. We want to move the intellectual theologians words that's been shared with you. We want to lay the true foundation of the way, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm called to teach. God has called me to teach you, to train you, to equip the people of God on how to develop their recreated human spirit. I need to let you know the mandate that's on my life for you. And his mission should be your mission. I'm called to help you to experience the reality of your new birth. That's inclusive of the supernatural power of God that you would experience that supernatural life. I'm called to help you experience that. To help you provide you a fundamental of what the truth of Christ really is. This is the mandate that God has placed upon my life. You're not called to be complacent. You're not called to tradition of men mm -hmm. or merely participate in church service. You're called to minister the gospel of Christ. Amen. And he's called you all and myself to, to bring us to a supernatural power in this generation. We should be operating in the supernatural. You are to advance the kingdom of God and dispel all darkness and glorify the Father through Jesus Christ and the life that you live. You are to be living a faith-driven life that's totally surrendered to the Lordship of God. Amen. My mission is to clearly to assist you in understanding the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory, thereby equipping you and producing healthy relationships in your marriages, in your families, obtaining the promises for your lives, and providing an answer to this dying world, the way, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's my call. That's Christ's mission for you. So I want to give you a little background on Colossians. The book of Colossians obviously is written by Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul found the great dire need to write this book. And the reason that he's written this book is because 20 to 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, people were already trying to change the word of God mm -hmm. from its original intent. You had devout theologians, the most elite 
religious leaders trying to change what God had said. Less than 30 years of him being crucified. Paul is trying to provide for you the opportunity to receive the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Not having any error in it. This was his fight. And this is your fight as well. To preserve the validity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why so many people are not being delivered. There is no yoke destroying. Because men have made the word of God to be of no effect. It's not effectual. It's not working. Mm -mm. The apostle Paul had such a deep love and concern for ensuring that the gospel stayed intact. Are you? Hmm. Or have you yourself been deceived by the most elite or your own intellectual thoughts? Have you been deceived by the adversary? That's his job. That the gospel itself is not the truth. Mm -hmm. This was Paul's fight. Let's go to Colossians 2, 1 and 8. And if Dina could read that for me in the King James Version. Greatly appreciated. And as she's getting there, I want, I want you to know that Paul himself wasn't a direct overseer of Colossians. This was one of Paul's disciples of mm -hmm. one of his disciples. Mm -hmm. And so what Paul was ensuring, not that he didn't entrust the disciple of the disciple, but he wanted to ensure that the people of God was not being fed in erroneous teaching. Colossians 2, 1, 8 reads, for I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. This is what has happened to the body of Christ, Pastor. Yes. yes. Is that the tradition of men, church itself, the service of church, the people in church, has caused the word of God to be of no effect. This is why he said don't add anything to it. Or take it away. And this is why it's so important that you have Christ inside of you. Holy Spirit, the revealer of truth, illuminating what is God and what's not of God. So that's the key to really coming against it. This is why you have to study as well. But you have to study, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. This is what's wrong with a lot. What's going on with the watered-down gospel? Uh, the conflict that Paul is talking about, he said, what great conflict 
he has inside of him. He said, there's an inward struggle, an agonizing pain that he's having when he's praying for the people, the body of Christ. This conflict describes a fight. He said, there's a fight in me, an agonizing fight, a contest, a praying for you that you would not be enticed by, persuaded by the words of man, tradition. But this is what has happened. Not only to the body of Christ and, and uh, Galatians, but also Colossians, but also now in the body of Christ. The gospel has been changed from when it was originally delivered. It has greatly been changed since it was originally delivered. This is why you have people going back and forth. Well, well is it Jesus? Is it this? You have all these different religions. It's a proof that it has changed from its original intent. The pure gospel. And you have to make sure, this is why we're somewhat digressing, is that your foundation is laid properly. Pastor, they can't receive anything of God except first they receive God. That's right. That's right. Can't receive any, whether it's in Hebrew, I mean, oh, and it brings it to a closer relationship. But I can't get it because I don't have him first. The foundation has to be laid properly. Mm -hmm. The true foundation. So it has been changed. And, and support that in Jude 1.3 it says, We have to earnestly contend for the faith that was originally delivered to the saints. He let you know we have to earnestly contend for, fight for the truth. Yes, Pastor? Well, I just want to add in. Mm -hmm. it, it just goes back to Genesis. And it goes back to the same thing. What happened to a lot of us is that when the enemy said, had God said. And they already know what he said. But it, it, it put in that idea, did he say something else? Did he really mean that? So this is what happened to a lot of us when it comes to Christ and him. Had, so when you get other things coming in from other esoteric reasons, purposes and stuff, mm -hmm. it, he's saying the same thing. The enemy is saying the same thing. Had God said. So it allows you to sit there and question what God has said in the presence that it's not truth. And everything that he says is truth. This is why I believe I'm so joined with Apostle Paul because mm -hmm. that's been my fight. And this, I'm sure that that's what has really brought clarity to my call as a teacher is that you would have the truth and then you could rightly divide the word of truth. So there were notable individuals who tried to what's called Judaize other mm -hmm. believers. Not only would you have to believe on Jesus Christ, but you have to do all these religious rituals. They would not only say believe on him, but you have to do, the men still have to be circumcised. All the other different things that were, were going on. These were just tradition of men. But Paul said, if an angel come and preach another gospel, let him be accursed. Mm -hmm. And he says, and again I say, if an angel come to you and try to preach another gospel, let him be accursed. He said even himself. Amen. They were contending to maintain the truth. There was an eruption when it came to trying to maintain the word of God. Because there's so many people 
who are trying to be God themselves. They're interpreting the word. He says, the word, you don't interpret the word. The word interprets itself because you have error in you. Make the word of God of no effect, which was in Mark 7, 13. We think contrary to the book of Colossians. This is why we can't experience God. You have a lot of people in, in the biblical days who actually really live the word. Mm -hmm. This is why they had miracles. This is why they did experience God. Why aren't we hearing from God and experience God? This is why you don't believe, really. Is there a God? Because you haven't experienced God. I guess I wouldn't believe either that I didn't experience him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he wants you to experience him. But the experience is up to you. To experience God, you have to change the way you think. Oh, that's it right there. Do you really want to experience God? Well, if you really want to experience God, change the way you think. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to approve the will of God. This is why you can't experience God, because you can't approve the will of God. Yeah, so when you read good. the word of God, you can't approve that he said this. Mm. You will experience God by the way you renew your mind and the way you think about him. Mm. How are you thinking about him? How are you thinking about God? God. As a man thinking in his heart, so is, is he. he. How are you thinking about God? Or should I say God's? Probably, let's deal with the God's first. How are you thinking about your job? How you're thinking about your career, because that's what that's what your focus is about. Your career, your 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 the things. The things. So how you're thinking about your gods this morning? That they're talking to you. Your situation, your circumstance, they become your gods because this is what you worship. This is what you surrender to. This is what has your focus. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you limit God in your life according to how you think about him. Remember that you limit God in your life according to how you think about him, mom. How you're thinking about him. But we say it's God that's doing it, but it's really you. Mm -hmm. What can he do in your life if you actually release the limit? Mm. Release that. Release that. Because in the word of God, he says in 2 Peter 1, he says, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but it's according to the knowledge of him. He's already given you everything, Dana, that pertains to life, your natural, physical needs, those things. And he also has given you all that pertains to what's spiritual. But it's according to the knowledge of him. So the less of the knowledge pass that we have of him, the less... The you less, believe that he is. The less of success. Yes. I'm talking about true success that you have. Because he's already given everything to you. Paul is making mm. sure we have the basic. I felt the need to take us back to boot camp. The basic. You need to go back to basic training. You're not qualified to wear this uniform yet. Get off the front line. You're going to cause a whole lot of folks to get hurt. Get off the front line. Stop with the friendly fire. You have to 
obey the commanding chief. You have to obey your leader. Amen. Get off the front line. You're insubordinate with your leader. Colossians 2, 3, he talks about the, the hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge. But Satan comes through our thoughts. Has God really said? Satan is saying, is there a God? Has God really said that you're healed? Mm -hmm. Can you really be healed? Whatever happened will happen. Whatever be will be. Karma. Karma. Mm -hmm. Got that in the church. The world's sayings. Whatever will be, will be. Kesara, Sarah. There you go. Y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. <laughs> Got you singing the song that, that is framing your world, whatever it be. No, I'm called to call them things that be not as though they were. No, I'm created in the image of God. I can speak and molecules, listen, respond. Amen. See, we don't get it. Pastor, you can't go anywhere first except you go in your mind. There you go. Where have your mind gone mm -hmm. and where does it try to go? Go ahead. Good or bad. You can't go anywhere or do anything except you go first in your mind. There's nothing faster than the speed of thought. And this is a prime example. Adam. Adam lived to be over 900 years old mm -hmm. and didn't die. 930. Do you know why? He didn't know how to die. Can you imagine not knowing how to die? He was created to live forever. It wasn't in him to know how to die. Because now, in our age, and in this era, what we have is people talking about dying. When you obviously turn 50 or 40, you get these things over the hill. And, mm -hmm. you know, we make fun about getting old. He wasn't educated on getting old and dying. He wasn't, his brain was not educated on being sick. But we are. We are educated on sickness, disease, immorality. This is what we hear, we perceive, and we live. Darkness is promoted. The world sows seeds into our lives, and we reap a harvest. The world actually sows seeds, Dina, in our lives, and we actually reap a harvest of the seed that the world sows in our lives. The world. Instead of we actually sowing seed That's right. and reaping harvest. Mm. They sow the seed of sickness and death, like I said, and immorality and, and so on. And you become that harvest of that seed that they've sown. Mm, mm, mm. You either become the harvest of the seed that family members say that you are. God didn't create us so frail as we perceive ourselves to be. Mm, you weren't created to be frail and weak and helpless and what Satan did to me and he, he's busy at my house he at your house, everybody's house close your door, lock your close keys the door. Satan everywhere, <laughs> snatching up people <laughs> that's not the case because God didn't create us to be frail and weak he framed you in his image to be victorious and you truly will able he said to be careful that men don't beguile you with enticing words. He said this is preaching with the wisdom of man, but without the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God. They are enticing words. They sound good, make you feel good, but it's just a moment experience that you feel good. 
And it's, no, it's not followed by the power and the spirit of God. These are enticing words. Mm-hmm. So enticing really is persuasion of demonstration. It's just demonstration. But it's persuading you what's not true to be true. Our supporting scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. This is our supporting scripture. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Maybe this don't mean anything to you. But he said fight. He said, and fight is a place of conflict. And when Paul talks about fight here, he's, he's going to be using the example of an athlete and one of the gladiator. He kind of is going to be using those two type of fighters. Or an athlete, they, they fight for the prize as well as a gladiator. He said, fight the good fight. What is the good fight? He said, fight the place of conflict and struggle or contest, knowing that you're going to win. The good fight. The good fight is free from defects. The fight that you're in is free from defects. It's free from you losing. He said, fight this fight. Fight the fight you're going to win. The fight of faith. Mm. He said, take hold of the eternal to which you are called and to make the good confession and the presence of many witnesses. So fight is this. Fight is the root of the English agony to be agonized, bitter, sometimes violent conflict. This is the fight of faith. It's an exertion or contention for you to be superior, the struggle for victory. Applies one faith and perseverance, the continual fight against temptation and spiritual opposition. Commanding a continuous effort. Paul is telling Timothy he must keep agonizing like an athlete or soldier. Straining and giving his all to win the prize or win the battle. He's addressing all of us as a soldier. And I just want to talk a little bit more about the fight. Talk about it as a place of conflict. And normally people are assembled when you're in a fight. They come to see. Who's going to win? And as violent as the fight is, why do we enjoy watching it? You can pick a winner. I'll tell you why I enjoy watching it. I like to see the fighter's technique. My husband often asks, why are you always watching this violent stuff? Because for one, my father brought me up on, you know, watching karate movies and, you know, boxing. So it's not quite normal for a girl, but that's where I like to see a good fight. I like to see the techniques in which the superior the skills, that, the superior skills that he used on his opponent. I like to see the winner when he looked like he's down, but he's up. I like to see the fight and the fighter. I like to see victory before I see it. And this is how the soldier is. He doesn't, he doesn't retreat and run for cover. The soldier has signed up to lay down his life. In the battle. And this is you. The conflict or the place of assembly for the athlete contest. And then there's a reference to the contest which is actually held. Literally, we're in a public place where 
there's an engagement of the contest and people are contending for the prize, the enemy and you. We are exhausting all of our means. There's a struggle and there's a suffering in this life as a Christian. But this is the thing. We are to endure hardship like a good soldier. But I ask, even with being a good soldier, it's not just on the battlefield, but also in your homes. Be a good soldier in your home. Amen. Amen. The battle just don't stop. Amen. Mm. We are to apply this. This is what happens in our Christian life and, and what Christ has to endure with the cross. The agony and the suffering was the battle for your redemption. This was the good fight for you. This was and can be for you your most heroic effort to strive earnestly and make every effort to grasp a hold of the prize, which is your eternal life mm. in Christ Jesus. Amen. And for Christ, it was you. You were the prize. Fight the good fight of faith. Break it down even a little more. The apostle, he suggests to Timothy, his life was a state of warfare. Your life is a state of warfare. Mm -mm. Not just naturally as a soldier, but spiritually as a soldier. Hodge, your life is a warfare. As much as you fight in the physical, that warfare, that battle, you have to come home and fight as well for and contend for your family. Amen. Your children. Imagine if we were recognized the way that we're recognized naturally. Because God says, come on in. You've been true and faithful. You've been a, over a few things. But you've been a good soldier, a good servant Amen. unto me. Come on in and, and enter into my rest. That's the ultimate ceremony. It's the eternal ceremony of your life. That's the one you need to keep focus on. He says his life was a state of warfare. Timothy life was. He said he was a soldier and was not to entangle himself with the things of this world. Mm. He had many enemies to engage with. In the military, you have various enemies that you engage with. And it's not your children, your spouse, your loved ones. Never. It's the adversary, Satan. Satan and the principalities and powers, sin and the lust of the flesh, these are your enemies. The world, Dina, is your enemy and the men that live in it. And a great fight of affliction we are to endure with them. Also, false teachers, they're your enemies. You are to fight the good fight of faith while listening to them so that the truth of the gospel is not resisted but received because you're receiving the truth of God and that you might continue in the truth. The fight itself is called the fight of faith. That's the fight. The good fight itself causes us to want to have the truth. And the ultimate goal of the good fight is to please the captain. Is it not or your commanding officer? Mm -hmm. Greg, when you're military, it was to please the commanding officer, whoever's in charge. That's your responsibility. How are you pleasing the captain of your soul? Are you worthy to be pinned or honored? Are you worthy to be recognized at this ceremony? 
the captain of your soul that has permitted and allowed you to live, to thrive, to pursue your career, do the things that you want to do, your business, whether you fail or you succeeded, he permit and allow the captain of your soul has. And this is who you are to please. The captain of our soul not only is the one we are to please, but he's given you everything you need to be successful in this warfare. He's given you the weapons that you need, and that is the armor of God. He's given you his armor to succeed, and so that you would be victorious, and you would be pinned at this ceremony. Got that right. It's called the great white throne of judgment. He wants to crown you with the glory of life and righteousness because you have fought the good fight. Amen. To lay hold on the eternal life. Eternal life is the prize we said of the higher calling of God. Eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called eternally by the special grace and power of the Spirit of God. You've been called by the power of the Spirit of God to win. He did not create you to be frail. He did not create you to be weak. He did not create you to be in a fallen state. He created you to excel. Amen. He ensured that, Pastor, we're giving you a spirit of excellence. That's why you're recognized. Because you need something to buffer your flesh. That's good. Because without a buffer, you would be hell on wheels. Mm -hmm. You need a buffer because if not, you will operate in total immorality. You need a buffer. God has given you something. The something that he's given me is definitely the spirit of excellence. And it's a buffer to my flesh. You, when you did Romans 10, 9, and you confessed that the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that he died and he rose on the third day for your sin, and now you, have, you now will live your life for him. You lived out a life proclaiming to witnesses, to the world, to other believers, that you are a soldier in the army of the most high God. He said, now, you bear my name and you have witnessed to thousands of people of who you serve. You profess this. You have to live this. This is why Paul says, I'm reminding you to lay hold of the truth. Contend for the truth. Otherwise, you will be deceived. Let us stray from the truth and have no means to get him back to me. I close with this. Apostle Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Paul spoke in a term as if he was speaking in all presence. He was speaking in the present tense and also in the past tense and in the future because I'm going on. Because I've poured out my life as a sin offering. Mm -hmm. He says here, I fought, meaning the past. I've already fought this fight, the good fight. He said, I finished the course. But he was still living, so he couldn't have finished. But in his heart, he had already finished victoriously. Because this was his life. He had a life-centered focus on living the true and pure gospel. Amen. 
This is why he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. I preserve mm. Mm. and I contend to keeping the validity of the truth of the word of God. I even did so by coming and visiting you. And if I didn't come personally, I sent someone on my behalf so that you wouldn't be led astray to false doctrines mm -hmm. and intellectual conversations to believe otherwise than my word. He said, Paul said, now I'm beseeching you all, brethren, that you do the same, that you don't allow anyone to walk in error, that you fight the good fight of faith. There's a warfare over the truth. It so is. There was a, a, a desperate strain and agonizing in contest marked by its beauty of technique. I, like a wrestler, have fought to the finish and at present am resting in his victory. My race, I, like a runner, have finished and at present am resting at the goal. The faith committed to my care, the word has been committed to my care. I, like a soldier, have kept safely intact through everlasting vigilance and have delivered it again to my captain. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I am, I was, and I have already won and have already presented to the captain of my soul the word. When I leave this earth, preserve the safety and the truth of the word. And now when I stand before the father, I'm presenting him the uh, preservation of the word of God being true intact mm -hmm. when I see the captain of my soul all the way up to the time that I die this is a life centered focus on keeping the word integrity pastor mm -hmm. the truth of the word of God this is why he said your life has not changed because of fables of men and tradition your life has not changed because they caused the word of God to be of no effect. And this is why you can't respond to me. Because you don't have the pure word. You don't have the, the revealed word of God. But Paul says, brethren, I have fought the good fight. The good fight of faith. I have finished my course. I've already seen myself at the finish line and I'm resting at the goal. Yay! <laughs> This is the life star. This is how you this is how you achieve success. You go at the finish line resting, receiving your goal. You don't wait till they tell you I'm going to recognize you. I've been already recognized by the King of Glory. So I sit and I rest at the finish line to receive my goal. These are the things we have to realize even about our life. What are you thinking? How do you think about the King? Mm. Don't limit him in your mind. Yes, if you yes. limit him, he can't move. You can't receive the promises of God. This is why you have not received the fullness of God. Good God. Because you're trying to fight with the physical things. He said this is a spiritual battle. It's a warfare, Pastor, I that's going you. on. And to keep the integrity of this is our fight. Your fight is not to get my bill paid and, and when things are due and, and I have to do this, I have to do that. He said your fight is a spiritual fight. And he tell you who you're fighting. Principalities, he, powers, wicked in the high place. He didn't say, he didn't say fight with your wife he said or your world. husband or the world. Your fight is with principalities, wickedness in high places. It's a spiritual war. 
Having received Christ, Jesus by faith, we are instructed to continue to walk in him by faith. Colossians 2, 6. Therefore, just as you receive the Messiah as Lord, keep living your life united with him. Mm. Through the both high and lows, stay united with Christ. Amen. Whether things work out or they don't work out, stay united with Christ. Stay united with Christ. Good God. Paul said, whether I live or die is all gain. Stay united with Christ. I'm without. I'm united with Christ. I don't have. I'm united with Christ. I do have. I have more than enough. I'm united with Christ. My body feel pain. I'm aching. I'm Come united on. with Christ. I'm well. I feel Jesus. down. I'm up. I'm united with Christ. My thoughts are overtaking me. I'm united with Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I'm united with Christ. Stay with the Lord. For that is a sure assurance of your salvation. Jesus. By walking in close fellowship with him, each day we become rooted and built up in him and established in our faith. Catch this. When you walk close in fellowship with him, each day we become rooted and built up in him and established in our faith. So you can't be removed from that place because you are established in your faith. We grow steadily into maturity as we focus on Christ and what he has done for us. Think about what he has done for you and not on your feelings, not how you feel. Your relationship with God is not about feeling. The mountaintop experience can be beneficial, but nothing is more profitable than ongoing. Christ-centered life of faith. We can't stay at the place where I thought I had so much victory and I was really happy. We have to move on from that. Amen? Amen. Paul used the military terms that I just described in above in his, his comments to the Colossians. He said, I want to help you to be successful spiritually and naturally. First, he commended them for their good order. Their good order, which refers to being battle ready. I love that word. <laughs> battle ready. I got the weapons and I'm ready. Amen. Cock and loaded, ready to fire. <laughs> Give me the command. <laughs> See, now, I, like the, I like the techniques. And what has to happen, he says here, the good order, he commended them for their good order, which refers to being battle-ready and disciplined soldiers. Good God makes a good soldier. Second, he spoke of their steadfastness, of their faith in Christ, which refers to having a solid front. They had an unshakable, unshakable commitment to their Lord, and this is why they advanced the kingdom of God. They had an unshakable commitment. Are you, do you have an unshakable mm. commitment? And your faith in God causes you to have a solid front, which means that the enemy can't break through. Mm-hmm. And then there's soldiers, other soldiers behind you that are in good order, so they're battle-ready, and they're disciplined soldiers, ready to come in when you, when you fall back and they be in it because you've been at the front. You've been at the solid front for a while, and now it's time for you to fall back and for the other soldiers to now go in. The word of God is so excellent. He is such a God of order. I love what he's given me today because I realize that your foundation has not been laid properly. I come to bring you the pure word of God. It's original intent for you. Mm. Without it being fables and without it being mixed up with all type of the logic, their own words and their, in, their own interpretation. But it's the original word of God. God himself wants you to have the mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. to have a solid, good foundation, which is Christ Jesus. 
the way that was laid originally for you and for I, so that you're not pulled away or enticed and now being told erroneous stories about what the true gospel really is. I pray that the word of God has really found a place in your heart today and have taken root. And now you're becoming more like Christ. You're being built up in your faith on every side and you have a solid front. And the enemy can't come in and and really um, infiltrate into your family and, and reach your husband, reach your children, and reach the loved ones because you have a solid front. Your faith is grounded and rooted in Christ. Amen. Amen.